We changing the game on the name, put respect. Uncle Dad talks, yeah, live and direct. What did you expect from the two fly guys? One love Kevin Smith, one or more is Golden Eye. Mike's the level-headed, baby gave edits. Uncle Dad gets nervous all the time, but to his credit, he's clever. Spring stuff on Mike on a daily. He can mangle up a name amazingly. The range of events and topics makes it hard to... All right, everybody. Uncle Dad and Mike or Miguel were here at the ever so wonderful Stockton Con for this for the show. This is our third third or fourth time here. Do you remember, Mike? I don't remember. Too many times. That's right. <laughs> As usually it is. So we're here hanging out at Stockton Con Summer, uh, which is for two days. Uh, when we first did this con, I think you and I were literally like maybe 20 episodes in, I think. And now we're at 81, 80, right? 80 episodes, almost 20 to 100. Wait. How many? I think we were like only 25 in. Well, welcome back, everyone. <laughs> welcome back. Remember that? Yeah. Welcome back, Cotter. Yeah, I didn't watch that. I know what it is, though. But why didn't you watch it? I was, I was too young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's chat about it. Uh, you have a table here, sir, uh, as, as you usually do. Uh, what is your thoughts so far of Stockton Con summer this time around? Uh, I mean, it's the same as it always is with the, the crowd, you know, long lines, big crowds, packed aisles, you can't get nowhere. Um, and yeah, the fans are here and everyone's great. And I have the VR set up and people have been actually really excited to try it here for the comic. And I see some people going through my prints right now. That's exciting. Everything's exciting. I know. It's getting to the point. It's like, how many times can we talk about our, the booth at the con, right? <laughs> yeah, what else am I going to say? <laughs> what else has changed? But uh, what's really great about this is I kind of like to call this Stockton Con Uncle Dad Con because we have so many Uncle Dad alumni here who've been on the show. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, not, not only that, but we also have a lot of Uncle Dad's family here uh, as well. <laughs> Literal. Uncle Dad family. Uh, we had the actual, we had the actual, hold on, hold on. Well, while Mike services some guests uh, at the booth, because Mike gets really busy as he does, uh, I will kind of just give you some thoughts about what's going on. Uh, the booth here looks great. We'll definitely post some pictures about it. Uh, we have a lot of Uncle Dad alumni here. We have Dan Brereton, who's been on the show for Halloween. We have Tony Flukes, who's been on the show. Uh, Mark Bode's here. Uh, Lonnie Millsap is here. We have so many Uncle Dad previous guests on the show. Uh, it's exciting to always kind of see old friends and new faces too. It's just, it's great. Uh, so while Mike finishes that up, let me just kind of quickly come back behind the, behind the booth here. And I'm just gonna kind of get a quick little hello from our favorite uncle, uh, unknown uncle. Let's give it up. Hello. It's always fun when you're here because you're always working, and I feel like it's like you're never not that you want to work, but you, I guess you do want to do it, right? Yeah, I, well, I enjoy it. It's fun. You get to interact with the people, talk to people. You have to hold a lot of money, which is always nice, you know. <laughs> Until it goes away. Until it goes away, yeah. <laughs> and then you're depressed about it. Yeah, well, that's, that's how money works. Yeah, that is the... <laughs> you have it, and then when it's gone, you miss it, and you want it back. I mean... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what's fun is uh, you have been such a staple almost now of the Uncle Dad universe. You've been in the most episodes, I think, now. Uh, maybe. As a, as a special guest, yeah, I think I have. 
And I don't know if it's a special guest, I would okay, say. Well, I guess I'm, not the, I'm just a guest. I'm yes. not special. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You got to have uh, something to promote to be special. Oh, okay. I'm not promoting it. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I don't you're, part of the, you're part of the cast of characters. Part of the, yes, exactly. I'm the cast, part of the cast yeah. of characters. So, like, you know. I'm a recurring if, cast member. Yes, because right. you think about other, we got Grimm. He's a great cast member. Uh, Silent Peter is a great cast member. He's, <laughs> Silent Peter. That's, what, <laughs> that's the best name. That's what suits it. Grimm actually gave him that name. Did he? Yeah, on, on one of the episodes, Grim goes, I'm going to call you Silent Peter or Silent Penis. <laughs> so it's you're part of that crew, that, uh, the, the, okay. t- the town hall members of town. Uncle Dad Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, part of the city council. The city council, yes. Oh, of the town of uh, Uncle Dad. Yes, the town of Uncle Dad. That's what we're going to call it. Town, town of, of Uncle, Uncle Dad. Dad yeah, and and <laughs> Mike is the mayor. He's Mayor McCheese. <laughs> and I'm going to be deputy mayor. Deputy Mayor of, my, yeah, of Uncle Dad Town. Yeah, you can be the Hamburglar, though. <laughs> Actually, I think you should be the Hamburglar. <laughs> no, I'd be Grimace. Can I be Grimace instead? <laughs> Only if you're Grimace as, uh, as uh, what is it, uh, Thanos Grimace. Thanos Grimace, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm the physical incarnation of unhappy ch- children. Grimace. <laughs> Have you seen the Thanos that has the, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet with all the nuggets? No, God, I don't want to see that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Grimace, but he has a... Uh, an Infinity Gauntlet, and instead of Infinity Stones, it's different colored chicken nuggets. Of <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, not, it's awesome, but... Yeah. Mike, you like nuggets, right? What? You like chicken nuggets, right? Hell no. I'm talking... You don't like deep-fried chicken nuggets? Do I... Chicken nuggets? McDonald's chicken nuggets. <laughs> not McDonald's chicken nuggets, just any oh, nuggets. Just, no. <laughs> Where the hell in a chicken is there a nugget? That's true. That's very true. Do the chickens have large talons? <laughs> no, no. All right, well. <laughs> Speaking of the Uncle Dad family, uh, where's your uh, the retro gaming nomad? At we're we're going to see him at the bar later, but but that's it. All right, well, I'm going to let you guys get to work. I'll be right back after this. All right, everybody, Uncle Dad here with somebody who I think will either make you very excited or make you very terrified. Uh, the one and only Mike Vaughn, who's the voice of, I guess you, what do you call him? They call him the killer now, right? Yeah, I, I have no name because you, they don't want to reveal who the killer is. So I just kind of self-titled my thing, Killer Voice, because okay. it's the voice of the killer and it takes out a couple letters and makes it a shorter title. I like it. So, and that's from Scream. <laughs> We've got to Scream make that, the yeah. TV series. Yeah, yeah Scream yeah. the TV series, yeah. which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. And of course, you're Spider-Man. From Spider-Man Web of Shadows video game. Yeah. A long time ago when I sounded like this. <laughs> you still sound about the same. No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's talk about your career really fast. And I, I didn't know this about you. I didn't know that you were, uh, is it Iggy, right? Iggy from? Yep. Yes. Yep, I, I didn't did know Iggy. that. So and how did, Ludwig. so I'm sorry? Ig- Iggy and Ludwig were the two characters I did. Oh, that's awesome. So what's great about this is that we've actually had Charles Martinet on the show as well. Nice. So it's it's kind of, nice. we're, we're knocking them out. We're knocking them out. We're getting them all out. Yes, yes. So we let me, a few more to go. So let me ask you, out of all of these characters here, who has been your favorite you played? It has to be the killer voice. I love it. That, I love was, it. that was my favorite gig of all time. But the other projects were just as great. So we have we've hung out with Roger Jackson in the past, and uh, yeah. and what is your what was that feeling like? Because his voice is legendary. It is. And what was that like, kind of like filling in those shoes, kind of thing? I didn't. I ignored it. Really? Yep. The audition that I got for this was the initial scene with Drew Barrymore from Scream One. I recognized what it was, and I went, "Well, screw this. I am not going to do a copy or do whatever. I'm going to do me." And 
you know what, I'm not going to fret, I'm not going to freak out about this audition now that I know what it is, or the general idea of what it is. I'm just going to have fun. So what I did was I was out on my balcony in Los Angeles, and I had a scotch and a cigar, and I was looking over the script, and I recognized what it was, and I went, nope, I'm not going to overthink this. Put down the scotch, put down the cigar, went up to my voice booth, fired up all the equipment, and just did the scene. And I just had fun, and I didn't give two shits about anything. I'm just like, boom, 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 boom. And I just did it. Shut off all my gear, turned off the computer, went back outside, finished my scotch and cigar, and just thought, it's gonna suck tomorrow morning, I'm gonna hate it, I'm gonna have to redo it. Woke up the next morning, took a listen, I kinda like it, I just sent it in, and I booked it. And I had no idea. And it was just me wanting to rip somebody's throat out. I had a bunch of things in my head. I'm an angry guy, so I just used that. It was, it was just me, it was literally just me with a little edge on my throat. And then when I got the gig and it was about torturing and messing with teenagers oh I loved it I just I just resonate and all that so people have asked me you know did Roger Jackson influence me I mean of course I heard what he did and all that but never once did I know he's him I'm me and that's how most actors operate we're, we're not we're not gonna copy or do anything like that so I just left it at that and then when I listened back I I feel like I'm a little more terrifying, to be quite honest, but he's more believable as like a real guy when he's just being regular, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I already sound like crazy voice, so I, yeah. So, so what's interesting that you say that to me is that, I, so I loved, when that reboot happened, I loved every second of it. And it was just like, what I thought was so great about your version of the killer, or the voice, or however you want to call him, is that he felt way more visceral than Roger Jackson did, if that makes sense. What do you mean visceral? Like, like he just felt so, you could feel what he was going to do and what he was trying to do in the way he was speaking, more so than I feel that I felt that with Roger Jackson. Roger Jackson, to me, feels like fear, or you feel like pain, if that makes sense. That's a beautiful comparison. And I think, too, um, I, had, I had the luxury of it being a show. Yes. And so I had a lot more puzzle pieces to play with, and my direction was always cat and mouse toy with people. So it is a little more pain, I guess, visceral, the way you put it. So very, very insightful from your part. Yeah, but I, I didn't even give it that much thought. Yeah. It was just like, it was just like, okay, what do I need to do in this scene? Okay, here I go. Uh, I gotta accomplish this. Boom, and you just do it and you let it go. And then my wife forced me to watch it. I don't watch her play my own stuff because <laughs> I don't have time. But she loved the show, and we ended up watching it. Yeah, yeah and the show the show was great, man. That first season and even the I second season it. were, like, solid. I'll be honest with you, though. The third season was a little, that little, like, because they did, like, a reboot type thing so, season. Do you know what happened? I can't remember. They basically, at the end of season two, well, the end of season one, they told the actors, I can't speak for all the actors, but me as one of the actors, they told us nothing, nothing, nothing. Hasn't been picked up, hasn't been bought, hasn't, it was just dead in the water. So it was a year later that they go, hey, we're doing season two. Yeah. And my agent's like, okay, well, here's the new rate, here we go, da, yeah. da, da, da. Well, they did it again after season two. Radio silence, nothing. Radio silence kept going. It got too long. It got past the point where they were shooting at that time the year before. Yeah. So all the on-camera actors that were still alive had moved on to other projects. That's okay, okay. And so there was no way you're getting it back now. Like now, it's gone. See you later. But then they said, oh, season three's coming out. 
it was picked up by a whole new production company crew. I don't think, I don't think, I could be wrong, that there was a single person from Single One Season 2 that went over to Season 3. Whole new everything. Whole new thing. And they brought back Roger Jackson, which was great. Yes. So he got he got to come back and do the TV series, which is fabulous. Which which is fabulous, but it does shift yeah. the tone of everything again, right? Like it starts but changing. It, it, it made sense because I was tied to those kids, yeah. and now yeah. it's a whole new pile of kids, and yeah. there he is. So I, it makes... Perfect sense. What doesn't make sense is who the who the hell is calling on a phone anymore? Yeah. It should be scary texts, right? Yes, or yes, scary yes. DMs. Yes, yes. The yes. whole time I'm doing this, I'm like, nobody calls anymore and picks up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do scary texts. I'm yeah. like, can you put some blood on that yeah. uh, on that aerial font? Like, right, yeah. <laughs> and it's because it's like if you if you call the landline, right? You're gonna be like, right. I don't, don't want to pick that up. <laughs> I don't pick up my phone. <laughs> I don't even have a phone. So yeah. if I pick up a phone now, it's always like you know, uh, spam warning or whatever. <laughs> and well, then and I it's, mess with them. It's it's funny too because it's like you get a phone call and if you don't know the number 90% of the time you're just going to hang up oh 99.9% of the time <laughs> yeah. I'm not picking up my damn phone yeah, yeah exactly ah. if it's my mom I'm not picking up the damn phone <laughs> right, right. no and if it's a business inquiry you're going to email me right uh, my business inquiries don't call anymore yeah. it's all email exactly. so again another yeah. another opportunity for a scary email yeah, I don't yeah. know but does that have the same effect probably not <laughs> I don't know I don't know I'm not a show creator so that's Good luck, guys. Yeah, so maybe what I'll do is, Uncle Dad, we'll produce a show where we make it all scary emails. But it's your handwriting. How about that, yeah? Or your typing. Oh, I already know the scariest email. It has Comic Sans as the font in all caps. That would be the and then you're just like, oh, it's too late. Like, it's too late. This. I can't read this. So before I, you know, we wrap up here, we got, we got to dive into Spider-Man really fast. Yeah. So it's great that you were part of that Spider-Man, you know, the mythos and whatnot. Now... You know, I heard overheard this, these great two guys talking about how much they loved your game. And it's great because, honestly, so when, I, when that game came out, I actually still worked for a major game retailer, and I sold that game. And I was selling it, like, day one when it came no. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm old, too, so, you know. <laughs> I just am curious, like, what has been your journey with the Spider-Man games? Because, you know, you only, to my understanding, you just did this one, correct? You didn't continue any of the other ones, correct? As Spider-Man, I was just in this one. Yeah. I'm in the new Spider-Man as a bunch of thugs. Russian and uh, New York thugs. Well, I actually didn't know that, okay. Yeah, so we just, I mean, we all just audition, and what we get is what we get, and that's all you can do. So I haven't had any other Spider-Man stuff. I did do uh, the voice of Jasper Sitwell, who's a zombie in Hulk Where the Monsters Dwell. Okay. And then I did a ton of zombies for a bunch of other games. So apparently becoming a dead person is my theme. <laughs> Like, appara apparently that's my thing, is I play a lot of dead guys with a crazy, sick, disgusting voice. So I tell my co-host, he's a little bit older than me, he's in his, uh, what does it say, his affair, and uh, he's, in, he's in that, uh, you know, era, and uh, I always tell him, I go, as the older you get, the more characters you play are just, because he does a lot of, like, comics, and I go, a lot of comics you do, why are they all older and decrepit and they're dying, <laughs> you know? I it just happens. Know. It just happens, right? It just happens. I, I'm not I'm not afraid to uh, uh, scratch up and tear up my voice. I think that's why. They're like, oh, he'll do a zombie and he will he won't complain about the pain. <laughs> yeah, right. Awesome. Well, uh, just so my audience can learn more about you, because, guys, if you're listening, he's one of the best. I, I mean, he brings... I, to compare to Roger Jackson and to just blow oh, him out the don't water. Don't do that. I'm going to do it. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to do it. No, there's no, there's no, there's no competition here. It's well, for you it's not, but Uncle Dad, we're throwing down the mantle. Oh, we're throwing it down. You, we're throwing it down. Too. There's one thing that does bug me on YouTube. It's it's when like you were better than Roger Jackson. Roger Jackson better than you. Better, better, better. We don't we don't think in those terms. That's good. And that's great. At, and that's great. All ever. And and, <laughs> and I don't think it serves anybody to have a competition. I would 
love, love to be on a panel with Roger Jackson and just uh, talk to each other in our character voices as if we're having a normal conversation. Oh hey, how about those Dodgers this year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something else. I would love, you know, maybe one day we can make that happen. We'll have yeah. you on our show. That would be funny. There is a blooper reel out there too at the end of Scream season two when I finished up. Yeah. We had a whole thing where I, my phone kept dropping calls. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Are you there? Ah, damn it. Like, <laughs> That's great. awesome. Well, yeah, so where can our audience learn more about you uh, on social media? Um, I'm basically only on uh, Instagram because I'm old and I have no time. So it's the underscore Mike underscore Vaughn. Uh, I guess there's a... Facebook fan page, okay. and then my website is just MikeVon.com, but that's geared just to show off my work to get more work. Awesome. So that's that's really it. Yeah, you get old and have two kids, you're just like, eh, I, I don't got time for that, but I've been told I need to get on the social media, so if anybody if anybody out there wants to run my social media program, I'm all ears. Oh, okay, well, yeah. I might know somebody. I got yeah. you. I, I pay. Not well, but I pay. <laughs> I got you, I got you. But before we leave, can I ask, can you please ask me what my favorite movie is? Hey there, Uncle Dad. Why don't you tell me something? What's your favorite scary movie? And we'll be right back after this. <laughs> Just subscribe, tune in to Uncle Dad's Multiverse. All right, Uncle Dad here. Follow you on Instagram. Yes, please do. Uncle Dad here, hanging out with probably one of the coolest names I ran across to in all my cons I've been to, Alaric. Barca of Goat Metal Art, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh -huh. So tell us kind of what you're doing and what, what you got going on here. Well, I started out doing album covers and that turned into quite accidentally um, putting my artwork on shirts and the they sold, like the first con convention that I did, I mean, we sold almost everything, including original art. No one knew what I was. so realized that something might be going on so we booked more shows and it kept happening so. so so let's talk about your art what what primarily does it usually have what what's in it yes okay so there are my own original demons and characters um and then there's i started doing stuff that customers were asking for in the occult arena and fell into some really great designs that people loved that i've been selling for four years now and I, blows my mind that people love them so much and I, I see them out in public and I'm like, wow, people are wearing my stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's surreal. When you're a creator of any kind, it's surreal, right? When you see, you know, people walking around with your shirts, hats, or whatever it is. And in our case, the people listening, like, it's crazy, right? Like, it's an insane feeling. It really is. And the irony, and I think a lot of artists can relate to this, the stuff that we put our pour our hearts into is not always the stuff that sells the best. Sometimes I, I, I listen to my fan or the people that come here, but the, sometimes it's the designs like I, I don't wear this design of mine, but <laughs> people love it, so I'm going to keep making it. <laughs> so I, I, you know, we've had a, another artist. I don't know if you know who Emonic is, but Emonic has been on the show and he does oh, a yeah, lot he's of great. yeah, he's great. And so he does a lot of like you know skulls and stuff like that. Yeah. And we talked about it, how he's not really into anything dark like that. Right. So I'm curious, are you into the dark stuff or? The darkness of my art, and this is probably where we're going to lose some people. <laughs> I'm a vegan, I'm an animal activist, and I'm really horrified at the treatment. I don't want to pick on any one country, but the live cooking of animals globally, I have a real problem with. And I try to get people to know about the organizations that are trying to rescue the animals and try to do the best they can to stop I mean, if you saw what happened, it's one of those things you just, how do you not want to stop people cooking animals alive? Yeah. 
because it's a slow process. Even in America, we scald animals to death slowly for the food industry. And it's like, I know a lot of people, oh, you're a vegan, you're just a wuss. Okay, I'm a wuss, but the angry art and the scary art, it comes from just being horrified what people tolerate. That, so, <laughs> so I think it's great. I think what you're saying, your message there is great. And I think, yeah, you're right. I'm, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not a vegan, but I, do, but I do understand. Oh, vegans make up less than 1% of the global population, less than 1%. And 25% of them are men, 75% women. So you're literally telling you the smallest group of people you could be attacking on this planet are vegans. We're not this global force. Right. They're, they're just not out there. 99% of the people eat meat. Yeah, and you know, and I think like I, I always say this, as long as, you know, we, we, we have healthy discussions about anything, right? That's you know, it's good to be educated, right? And right. educating me about this is great because you know, I to be honest, I wasn't aware of what you're talking about, about li live cooking. They have festivals that celebrate the actual not the cooking of the animals alive, they celebrate the torture See, of the animals. And and it's many countries. It's not just I'm not mentioning what countries because that sounds like I'm seeing so one country is bigger than the other uh, at it. But, you know, you meet people that say, I don't care. And that's the thing that blows my mind. Yeah, yeah and, and I think, like, you know, why, why don't we care, right? Like, is it because, you know, maybe you don't know about it? Or maybe you do know about it, and it's just, that, well, that's okay to me. But why is it okay, right? There's a bigger thing about that, right? Well, Americans are pet lovers. They're not animal lovers. They claim to be animal lovers, but if you go into a pet store, you're feeding your animals animals. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's a, this is actually a really, it's a really good, healthy conversation. I appreciate you educating me about well, this, so no, thank you. I'm not trying, that's, you know, I, I just wish people wanted to be more humane. I'm not saying, hey, you want, don't eat that steak. I, I would never tell them. I've been yelled at, because, and people will go, oh, you tell me what to eat. I've never told you to do anything in your life. But at the same time, those same people will tell me not to do occult artwork. Sure, sure. <laughs> and that's the thing. Then they shouldn't, because it's like, hey, I don't tell you anything. Don't tell me anything. Right. You know, you're not hurting anybody. You're just making art. And art is art is subjective. We all know that, right? right? And I think your art that you have, the art that you have, in my opinion, is it's quite beautiful. Oh, thank so you. So I'm not a dark person, I guess you would say. Like, I don't have that side, but I love... I, paganism, is that good to say? Paganism, is that good to say? Because everybody's gonna think of paganism. Oh, uh, I, I try to use the whole diaspora. I don't focus on one single okay. discipline. So Because I'm, I'm not a believer, okay. you know, so I was brought up Southern Baptist. Oh, wow. But I'm not like a... Gotcha. I'm not an occult believer. If that's sure, sure. And I, and I don't, I don't I, I'm not either. I'm not an occult believer either. But I do love the the aesthetic. The aesthetic is yeah. is wonderful. Like so, I've actually had the Church of Satan on the show in the past, and it was just a healthy conversation about what being a Satanist is, you know. And it's kind of like this, you know. It's like just because you know you see these things doesn't mean we're out there hurting people or you know and well, stuff like that. Most of them are just atheists yeah. that yeah. um, kind of want to be confrontational and that's totally fine. That's not who I am but yeah. I get pigeonholed by people. Sure. I had a kid today telling me, asking me why and he started crying because of my artwork. Wow. I felt awful. He must have been around 12 and I just, this kid was crying because I, I of what I was doing and that rarely happens at shows but I've had people try to jump the table and come at me. Wow, but I think too also, but, but, but you know what's interesting about that, it also shows the effects that art can have on people. Not necessarily just your art, but just art in general can really make somebody so emotional. And I, that's pretty powerful. Dude, if somebody has a bad reaction, like they're 
really like, I hate this, I think this is wrong. That's great too because I'm doing something people, like you just said, that people are reacting to. Yeah. And I'm, I'm willing to take the good with the bad um, in that regard. And as we have to, as, because as, you know, even as doing this show, you know, when we had Church of Satan on, you know, we got a lot of kind of people hating about it. And it's like, we don't, we don't pick a side, we just talk. And what's wrong with just talking? Because we can't learn if we don't talk, right? Well, there's a verbal minority that we think are the majority. When someone gets verbal, we think, oh, there's gotta be millions of these people, yeah. like vegans. Yeah. You think like there's this mass army, there's not. Yeah, there's not. There just, yeah. there just isn't. Um, a lot of the people that eat vegan food at restaurants yeah. are not vegans. Yeah. Yeah. Because a vegan doesn't really wanna go to give money to Carl's Jr., especially make the McDonald's or yeah. Burger King, because you're, you're funding the slaughter industry when you do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we, we drive I-5 here and we see the slaughterhouse lines. Yeah. You know, when we right here where we live, yeah. and the trucks yeah. every day. Yeah, I, I just want to thank you for speaking how you feel. That's okay. that's that's great. I really I really appreciate that, and I sure. and I love like just talking to people about what they feel, and it's great. And I and your artwork is great. I mean, it really is, man. It's it's so, you know, and I say this with the best compliment possible. It's so like metal, you know. <laughs> it's it's well, so I mean, metal. The, yeah, I, I honestly. Uh, Derek Riggs of Iron Maiden, Killers album, that's probably what started it all, and then Merciful Fate. So it is all from metal. I mean, it really is. So. That's, that's awesome, man. It's just, I really want to say thank you for taking time chatting with me. But before we go, where can our audience buy your stuff? Can they buy it online at all? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Alaric H. Barca or Alaric Barca at Big Tar Big, uh, BigCartel.com. If you type in Guilt Metal Art, you're going to get Etsy stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, go check them out. It's great stuff. And, uh, yeah, check it out. I just thank really you. can't say that enough. Go check it out. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thank you so much for talking to me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So Mike is getting all giddy because he's getting something signed by his dear friend, Mark Modi. I just wanted to kind of say real quickly... Mike looks so cute, and uh, we're gonna take some pictures of this, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> All right, so you know, I'm learning here that Mike doesn't want me to come back to cons, nope. even though I've done some great interviews. Nope. <laughs> That's fine, Mike. My feelings aren't hurt. That's fine. You're out. <laughs> I mean, you weren't doing anything for the show, but that's okay. Well, <laughs> you're still out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Anyways, uh, in all seriousness, so we got some interviews done. Uh, Mike, you haven't heard it yet. But it, you're going to be such such a treat when you listen to the man of Scream himself of oh, the new series, the new series, which I don't know if you ever seen the new series of Scream. No, um, I'm a fan of the old Scream, and I knew the guy who uh, did the voice of the old Scream. He also did the monkey in Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, Mojo Jojo. That's right. I know. I know. I mean, I knew. I was just seeing <laughs> if you knew. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to be the next shirt you make. Oh, look, it's our old friend. Hey. We're recording right now. Can we hey get a guys. hello? Yeah. Hi. Hey guys, how's it going? If you don't know that voice by now, he's been on our show a couple times. That's the ever so handsome. You've been on our twice. Oh, I have. Awesome. Yeah, three times actually. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Was I aware of that? He did. You, we did an official interview, but then we've also talked to you at conventions. Yeah. Oh, Just chatted okay. up. Just gotcha. chatted up. And that's the legendary Dan Brereton. Dan Brereton. Say hey hello guys. again. Hi guys. How's it going? Uh, how was your day today here? It was brisk. <laughs> It was breezy for me. <laughs> How about for you, Mike? Brisk, like uh, Lipton iced tea. No, have you ever heard that like, when someone says business was brisk? I have not heard that. I think that's good. I think it's a good thing. when it's, yeah. It so, means that um, you know, things moved along and it was busy and, and it was still good to get away from have lunch for half an hour. 
that helped pass the time. And did you have fun today? The show started at 11 a.m. It's the best. <laughs> for, you. for you, yes, especially. That's fun. That's fun. That's fun. Honestly, I'm the same way. If I, can, I came in late today, remember? Yeah, this guy came in like one. <laughs> I came in at 12. Relax. I had, a, I had an hour and a half to set up, and I still wasn't ready. <laughs> I mean, you can't break character. That's, uh... I would do it the same way, just so you know. That's I would do it the same way. That's a very like sweet thing to say. <laughs> like, you can't break character. You must always be late, no matter how much time you actually have. That's I true. Mean, we are... We have to accept ourselves as the beast and not the man that we pretend to be. Oh, that's just too way too deep for a comic convention. <laughs> I know, that kind of ruined the mood, Mike. <laughs> Back to who would win, Venom or Conan the Barbarian? So let's answer that real fast. Who would win, Venom or Conan the Barbarian? Let's ask how many times Dan has drawn Venom. Way more times than Mike. <laughs> oh, ow. Damn, oh. damn. Yeah, shoot him down some more. He, he's beating me up today. Venom. He's beating me up today. Okay, well, <laughs> fair enough. I've, I've done Venom on a sketch card for tops or one of the upper deck. Oh, great. You did it one time. <laughs> I've never hired to do Venom except by Mike. <laughs> you actually did a Venom Black Panther too, didn't you? Yeah. I noticed that you <laughs> skipped the question, though. But that's okay. He always skips. He doesn't listen to anything I say. I say Conan wins because he always goes for the headshot. Yeah, but in theory, wouldn't Venom's head just come back? Has anyone tried to cut off his head? I feel like that's happened. Yeah, maybe. Have you have you drawn that yet? Drawn that yet? Since I'm not actually an actual comic book fanboy nerd, I don't have an answer. <laughs> Mike, you're a good comic book fanboy nerd. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so did, who would win? Venom. Yeah, I agree with Venom for sure. Sorry. <laughs> That's because he's, he's, he drew him one time. It depends on who's writing it. That's really the answer. It depends on who's writing the script. Now, has Tom King, has he ever done anything for Venom? No, right? <laughs> Do you know who that is, Mike? I've had enough actually, of this interview. I actually know the person who's the person to ask is Colin Bunn, who wrote the Venomverse books. And if wow. you get him on your podcast... He would answer the question intelligently. Okay. I so, think, yeah. so we'll have to ask him. I'll put you in touch with him. Please, please do. Please do. All right. That's our wrap-up for day one. Thank you so much for stopping by, Dan. I appreciate it. Uh, Mike. I walked right into your trap. Yep, you walked right into the trap. That's what we do here. We trap people. <laughs> Mike, uh, before I wrap up, can you say goodbye or something? God, yeah. participate in the show. We'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> That's all we got. That's all we got. All right. We'll see you guys all later on. All right, we are here at Stockton Con, of course, and I'm sitting here with uh, a very, very talented artist, editor. Uh, he's worked on many things, uh, most notably probably The Simpsons and Futurama, Roswell, uh, and uh, also some Captain A-hole pinups. Years ago, I'm uh, sitting here with Bill Morrison. Hi, Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you. Uh, you're, a, you're a Detroit man now, no longer a California man. So we're happy to have you here on the West Coast again. Thank you. It's good to be here. I was uh, here for San Diego Comic-Con about three weeks ago. So it's kind of weird flying all the way to California, all the way back to Michigan, all the way back to California again. Um, I feel like a jet setter. Yeah, you're a jet setter. Uh, well, so we were talking. We were at the, the Stockton Con Hagen Art Museum uh, reception, whatever it's called. Uh, last night and we were talking about uh, many things and one of them was as getting older uh, it's a it's a common topic these days and I was mentioning I did a new uh, Captain a-holes guide to getting older 
And you mentioned to me that there's a, a Grandpa Simpson's Guide to Aging, which sounds very similar. So maybe I stole the idea from you. I think it's in the zeitgeist. I think, I think when, uh, I mean, you're a lot younger than I am, but uh, I found that when I was writing the book, because I wrote most of it, um, it was kind of easy because you start, when you get closer to being an old person, um, you start identifying with the things that come with aging, the, the problems of life and, you know, the, the, the humorous things that, um, you know, that you just are confronted with. Um, so I think it's just a natural thing for a creative person to, um, when you start noticing my life is not what it was 20 years ago, uh, to start finding the humor in, in the stuff you're having to deal with. I mean, you have to, I mean, seriously. So like, well, let me ask you this. What was like one of the first things you really noticed? I don't know, maybe it was in your late thirties or mid forties or whenever. What was like one of the first things you noticed? Like, oh, something's starting to shift here. Um, I, I started making noises that I never made before. Like getting out of the car noises? Yeah, like anytime, anytime I would have to stand up, or you know, either getting out of bed or getting up out of the the chair, you know, watching TV to go to the kitchen to get a snack, you know, you just these noises come out. What can you do a sample of the noise? I was just kind of like, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a grunt. Um, Mine kind of goes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've had that one. Yeah. Depends on the day, right? Yeah, right. Um, so how long ago did was that uh, Grandpa Simpson's uh, Guide to Aging out? It was probably going on 10 years ago now. Yeah. So I'm going to have to do some eBay searching and, and compare. Well, uh, I brought you a copy of the book so you can read it and, and compare notes to yours. And... Um, also, people can look forward to a Captain A-Hole variant cover featuring your art as well. Yeah, I did a pinup uh, some years back, and uh, I think it kind of still holds up. So I'm excited that you're going to use it for a cover. I think your art holds up, yes. Thank you. Safe to say. Uh, and then for, for the people listening, where can they find your art and check you out online? Well, I'm, uh, I, my website is not up and running yet. Uh, I've got a website in the works, but you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I'm uh, represented by 4C Comics, so if you go to the 4C Comics face page, uh, Facebook page, rather, um, I'm all over that, and you can get commissions through them, and uh, you can find out where I'm going to be appearing for shows and uh, all that kind of good stuff. Cool. And speaking of commissions, I see you working on this uh, Homer as Darth Vader doing the choke. Yeah, grip, everyone knows choke the classic, grip on Bart. Everyone knows the classic um, Homer choking Bart uh, motif, but this is Homer as Darth Vader choking Bart without actually putting his hands around Bart's throat. So he's doing the Vader, the Vader claw hand, uh, causing him to strangle. And and on the Vader helmet, he's got the two hairlines, but they're part of the helmet, which is fantastic. Yes, me metallic hair loops. <laughs> uh, your line work is so great, Bill. I always admire how, how, how straight and precise your line work is. You just have a steady hand. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate hearing that. I take notes. All right. Uh, thanks for talking, Bill. We'll see you later. You bet. Take care, everyone. Live and direct. All right. So Mike just got done working hard, as he always does. Uh, so I'm hanging out with Mike, 
behind his booth, uh, you know, shilly shagging. <laughs> like that word? That's a new word. It's a new word, shilly shagging. Yeah, it's a, a Uncle Dad official. <laughs> Uncle Dad unofficial official uh, thing. So we are here uh, about to wrap up the day. How do you think today went? Uh, or how do you think the show went? Uh, yeah, it's a good show. I mean, Stockton Con's always a solid hitter, so I uh, can't complain at all. Not, not even a little bit. While Mike continues to work, I just want to kind of wrap up here. We talked to a lot of great guests. We talked to the uh, ever-so-amazing Mike Vaughn from the Scream series, who also played zombie Iron Man from What If. That was great. Uh, legendary artist Bill Morrison. Uh, we chatted with... Uh, yeah, we chatted with Alaric Barca, Goat Metal Art. Check that out. Really great stuff. And uh, we chatted with more folks that you just heard. <laughs> uh, Mike, this is the last show you're going to do for a while, but no one's going to know that. Why? Because we already got prepared. So tell them where you're all headed. Well, you're not supposed to let them see behind the curtain like that. We keep it real, Uncle Dad. You know that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, by the time you all hear this, I will probably be out there. I'm going to, I'm leaving for Burning Man so for a, damn near a month so tomorrow. Um, going for the build. I'm going to help build a bunch of stuff and work in the art department out there, which is called the Artery, and uh, hang my, my Batman cover uh, mashup on a big mural out there. And who knows who I'll be when I come back. I'll probably be a new person moving to a new country. Yeah? <laughs> that for the third time. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a trade. Um, so it's really... Oh, you want to talk about the mic? <laughs> We're recording. Want to talk? <laughs> All right, let's hear. Let's hear why you like Mike Hampton. I like Mike Hampton because he believed in himself. He came here and there was nobody here. And he just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. He totally believed in his whole product and everything. And I respect him. As, as do I. I love that, man. I love that. I love that. Uh, that's what happens when we're here at the con. You get some real talk. I love that, man. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Mike's going to Burning Man, but, but by the point it's over, you will definitely go ahead and uh, he had already released it. Uh, we, sh we should have already everything released at that point. By the time this comes out, I think he'll be back and recording. We've got some pretty good stuff coming up. Uh, Depending on when this comes out, which I think it'll come out when I think it does, meaning that uh, Uncle Dad has a booth uh, at uh, the Mystic Fair with our friends at the San Jose Bay Area Ghost Hunters. Uh, Mike doesn't know about that, so when he hears this, he's going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Nothing. You got you to gotta wait. <laughs> what are you saying over here? That we got, I, that I have a, so I didn't tell you this yet. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, we have a booth from our friends, the San Jose Bay Area Ghost Hunters. Uh, they gave us a booth at the uh, Mystic Fair. Well, so we're going to talk to paranormal investigators. We're going to talk to psych uh, psychics. And they're going to conjure an actual ghost on our show. When is this? October 1st for four hours. Oh, four hours. Easy peasy. You can do that. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is for real. I just sprung this on Mike as I do. I've lasted that long before. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it, it's been a great time. Uh, what I want to point out, man, is Mike, have a great time in uh, Burning Man. You talk about it all the time. I know how much, literally every episode, 
you probably bring it up at least once, some mention of it. So, you know, I, I know this is a very big, very big deal for you because it's been a long time since this happened. So while you're out there and all these episodes came out, just know we're going to be chugging along and we're going to miss you. But no one's going to know, but I'm going to miss you. I mean, it's going to be like I'm really still here. Oh, so. 100%. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, guys, uh, please go check out all the artists, uh, actors, and uh, organizations that we interviewed today. And remember to follow me and Mike. Uh, you can follow me at Uncle Dad Talks, all one word. And you can follow Mike at Mike Hampton Arts. All right, everybody. Remember, we're not an uncles. We're not a dad's. We're just someone you can talk to. We'll see you all next week. That's right. <laughs>